This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to this week's uh, version of Cultivating Convos. Uh, with me today, we have a treat. Brian's here. Hey, how's everyone doing? Yeah, Megan's <laughs> off. Uh, so I am still, you know, in the, I don't know, in the backseat waiting to get called up to the front. So here, and speaking of Megan being gone, so extremely jealous because, you know, we're sitting here. I, I don't know about you. I've been freezing like the last three days, like legitimately. I, it was snowing this morning at my house. Um, the walk to school was miserable. Three hour track meet the other night that I, I mean, my toes and fingers were completely frozen. Meg's is in Florida. So that's where she went. Not on that level yet. I just know when people are off. I don't know for what reason, but uh, yeah, yeah, a little a little jealous about that one. <laughs> she picked a good week, that's for sure. And she, um, I have not bugged her yet at all about work, letting her enjoy it, but <laughs> sure we'll hear all about it when she gets back. So for sure. Hopefully everyone out there is, I guess, making do with what we've been dealt uh, from, from mother nature, but wherever you're at, right, Shelby, you got to take part in, in Arbor Day. And, uh, you know, I see anytime the sun's out, someone's working on their yard, working in their garden, getting things ready for, for summer. Exactly. So yes, Arbor Day happened. This will air after Arbor Day, but uh, I know you went, you got to go to a nursery. This is actually, and Lauren's here too. I don't know if she's heard the story, but you went out seeking native plants. So start to tell the story and then I'm going to, I'm going to let us in on, on something funny. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I wanted to do something for, for Arbor Day and it's, it's a growing trend, you know, everyone's going local and that includes, you know, plants and trees. And so wanted to put together a guide that, you know, if you go to the garden center, if you go to the nursery, how to find and identify uh, things that are grown in Ohio. And that would make sense in, in your yards. Um, I, I guess I just didn't realize Shelby that if you go to uh, any of those places right now, they were grown in warmer climates. So, you know, the, the bright popping colors, it's right. not happening yet for Ohio native plants. <laughs> that's for sure. And also, Lauren, I had, uh, you know, we had talked about Brian, like shooting a video or whatever, and he comes back and he's like, I didn't expect all the plants to be that little right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> Brian, mm -hmm. I have to tell you, that's totally fair. As I love gardening, I love gardening. And so this time, this time of year is exciting for me, but I love when you get into late summer and everything is in full bloom and everything yeah. is like thriving. So right now I'm, I'm itching, I'm itching. So I get what you mean. <laughs> you know, and, and a shout out to, to ODA's plant inspectors who go mm -hmm. to these places and make sure that if you bring them home, there's not going to be pests or they're not going right. to be, uh, you know, full of disease because literally the, the, some of the plants are like, you know, little seedlings are like an inch big. And, and I'm with someone who's like, Oh, I think this is uh you know, name such and such. And like, we go over and see the little thing. And I'm like, that's, that is a skill, man. Like you are on the next tr bar trivia team we put together because <laughs> One question is going to be about, you know, plant stems, and we're going to get it right. I was just, I was laughing because Lauren, I could just see this video of just little plants, just little plants, <laughs> baby plants, little plants. 
but you know what? It made it fun. It added like drama because you know he'd be like, "Oh, this is a beautiful plant," and so I'd immediately want to get home and be like, "Well, I'm going to see for myself." And I pull it up, and, and sure enough, it would look beautiful in your yard. So, so make sure to check out our, our social media pages to find out what would look great. Uh, you know, if you're going to do some planting here shortly in pots or in your yard. So all I know is we need to think ahead for next year. So sometime in the summer, you're going to go and seek out all of these full-grown plants so that we can do the story next Arbor Day. That's right. You know, if you, you know, life's about timing, and the timing on this one just wasn't there. But next year it will be. All right. Well, this week our uh, main subject is food and meat. So we're going to get away from plants and head to that. <laughs> All right, Brian, it is time for us to talk about our main event today. Very excited. Um, we are talking, I love when we talk about food. I know you do too. Everyone in our office loves food. <laughs> so mm -hmm. always good. And today we get to talk about pork and uh, cooking and some good recipes and dishes and that sort of thing. So we're very excited. Uh, joining us today, we have uh, the director of the Ohio Department of Agriculture, who's been on with us several times. Uh, Dorothy Poland is here. Hi, director. Hi. We also have, uh, we're very delighted to have Cheryl Day. She is the executive vice president of the Ohio Port Council with us today. Cheryl, thanks so much for being with us. Hello, it's, it's good to join you. So, we had a, a really fun thing that we did uh, with the Port Council recently. Uh, as you know, we've talked about it several times, but director does a little cooking segment once in a while, Dishing with Dorothy. And we we had this great idea, director had this great idea this year to you know get with each one of our commodities and invite them on the show. And then we, we cook a dish using uh, their their livestock. So, uh, and we do this at uh, the Ohio Poultry Association. Jim Chikaris is, is awesome to let us come and use. They have a magnificent kitchen and facility there. So, uh, this month we're doing pork tacos and it's Cinco de Mayo, which is appropriate for this week. And director, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your experience? Because we've already shot it. Oh, it was it was amazing. We had a wonderful home economics teacher. Um, who made pork tacos. And we started out by saying, you know, pork is the most consumed meat in the world. And how fitting that we would use pork in our tacos. The fun thing about cooking is that I think sometimes it, it seems to be intimidating. And when we have someone like, like our friend come and show us how to make pork, pork tacos, it made it so easy um, and just invited us to do it. She was wonderful as well. She provided some great facts about pork, how to cook it, how to how to keep it in your refrigerator. And um, then of course the best part is afterwards all of us get to eat the, the final product. So it the pork tacos were just really a dish that I will repeat because pork is so easy to cook and the way she prepared it by the thin slices that she would add to the vegetables that she included in the taco made it a really fast and healthy meal for families. So it was a really fun segment. This is Brian's first taping. And Brian, oh. what did you think? And we, we all get to eat it at the end. That's yeah. the best part. It, it was fabulous. I thought the taste was great. And for me, you know, just being a parent of two young kids, it's the ease, the simplicity. Yeah. And, and Cheryl, I wanted to ask you, I'm sure that's at the top of the list for, you know, anyone at the grocery store for why they're, they're grabbing pork off the, uh, you know, out of the, the cooler. What else is it about about pork that that makes it so good for so many families and for anyone really? 
Yeah, it's still very affordable, right? We're all dealing with um, higher food prices, and that's a, quite a concern all the way from the farm level to the consumer. But one thing you can find is pork is versatile. It, it takes on that flavor very well, and it can be subbed uh, really for other proteins. And so the good thing is, is, is you can go in there and you can pick different cuts of pork and enjoy it in your favorite taco, and, and you can thinly slice it like uh, Peggy, our food consumer educator, did, or you could use ground pork. And that's the beauty of it. You pick what's in front of you in that, that meat case, what's at your price point, and then jazz it up. And that's one thing we've been really focusing up here on Ohio Pork Council is how do we teach you how to cook again in your kitchen? Because COVID gave you that opportunity. So quick, easy, versatile, but yet still have those flavors that you're used to in the restaurants. Pork can really enhance um, a, a, a an otherwise kind of staid recipe. For example, meatloaf is always better when you use half pork and half hamburger. It just, both of those flavors work together to make a really unusual meal. Um, same with my, our, our, what we serve at Easter every year is my grandmother's ham loaf recipe. And so, you know, it, it, it when you look at a recipe, you can always think to yourself, well, now if I've got a, a pound of ground pork, how could I change this recipe to use that? So exactly what you said, Cheryl, use what you have and figure out how you can enhance an otherwise um, stayed recipe with something new with pork. It's great. Uh, director, you just brought up one of my favorite meals, ham loaf. That is like, oh. it was a childhood favorite. It's one in this house here. Oh, I love ham loaf. <laughs> well, now did you make it the way, do you make it the way my grandmother makes it? And she would wrap ha three hard boiled eggs in the middle of the ham loaf. Oh. And then when you bake the ham loaf and you slice it down, each person gets a beautiful slice of hard boiled egg in the center of their ham loaf. So yeah, it's, I'm gonna have it's, to try that one. It's really yeah, that's unique. Really I, yeah, I was gonna say I was raised on ham loaf. Um, really thankful for the Amish community. They they show us how to grind the ham with the ground pork, oh. and really make it into these blocks. And so that's a farm favorite to take to the field. And so coming from a family that raised a lot of beef, um, we also ate a lot of pork. And so that was one thing that we could do. We could cook the ham loaf. You put cranberry and orange, a little uh, Worcestershire sauce on there, mm -hmm. cinnamon, and then, yeah, same with those eggs, just let it coat through there. And if you really want to be kind of good to any meatloaf or hand loaf, just top it off with some bacon as you're cooking it in the <laughs> oven. Yeah. But obviously, uh, when you slice that up, cold or hot, they love it. It just takes on really good flavors. So, yeah, I think to your point, director, I think have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Think outside right. the box. Uh, don't be right. afraid to sub back and forth and, and share between the proteins. And, you know, when people are looking to be health conscious, pork is really a lean meat. And so when you think about that and, and you know, you don't talk about marbling with, a, with, with pork, you talk about the cut and how you can best use that cut. We have a, our favorite cut, Cheryl, is a, a pork butt. And we cook it all day long so that it is so tender to slice down or even shred at that point for pulled pork sandwiches. It's funny, we were um, at an event and someone said, you Ohioans and your pulled pork, I've never heard of it before. And we were able to take this, this young woman over to a stand and say, this is what pulled pork is. So I didn't realize that pulled pork 
barbecue is a regional thing. Cheryl, is that true? Have you traveled the country and you realize that it's regional or, or not? It's not as regional as you think. I do think it is a all-time favorite. Um, I'm actually surprised at that response. Usually you'll find mm -hmm. pulled pork before you find anywhere else. We have different versions, right? Like Kansas City yeah. will do their version. Uh, the Carolinas will put coleslaw on it. Um, I definitely think Ohio has their own blend of how to do pulled pork or barbecue, um, but it is, it's probably the easiest for everybody to accept. I love it when they throw it with mac and cheese or on your potatoes, so I yeah. like to make it more yeah. of a bowl. What are those called? Um, Sundays, pork Sundays or something, and you have the mashed potato, the pork, the corn, et cetera. Well, Cheryl, mm -hmm. that brings up my question. What is pork industry going to do for the Ohio State Fair this year? Oh, you know? great question. So we are currently working with a new cook and so and a new supplier. So we are definitely looking into bringing as much um, of different flavors of pork. And one thing we're experimenting between, we haven't really made the official decision yet, is how do we bring ground pork back to the state fair? Do we do it in a pork burger or do we do it in a brat burger? And so we've been debating that, cooking our recipe up. But one thing you can definitely count on is those those smoked loins. Those are going to be there. And your pork chop on the stick is going to be there. Oh, uh, so we it. won't, yeah, we will not uh, go away from that, those, those crowd favorites. And then something we added last year was the bacon bundles. Who doesn't like bacon mm -hmm. and who wouldn't like having bacon all day long? And so we are definitely going to keep bacon there. And we're featuring uh, Roos Packing's Daisy Field bacon. So those that know the secret of Daisy Fields, it does have a little bit more fat on it, but it makes the best bacon. And so we definitely want to feature some of our Ohio pork in that food stand and introduce everybody to pork in different ways. Now, Cheryl, will, you're, will you be... Um, at the Taste of Ohio building as well as other places or will Taste of Ohio be your center for your for your pork products? Great question. The Taste of Ohio will be our center and that will be where we'll be cooking. We are going to have a trailer um, closer to the swine barn because we want to support our next youth, you know, our young producers in the industry. Okay, well, we are so excited as are so many people that we're going to have a full Ohio State Fair this year. And, you know, not to mention the county fairs, Cheryl, that often feature pork and pork sandwiches and pork products um, as that county fair season begins June 12th of this year. So I will look for the pork um, stands and the things that that they're doing in their individual counties. Can you tell me, Cheryl, where where are the largest or heavier heaviest conference uh, concentrations of of pork in Ohio? Is it the northwest? Is it the southeast? Yeah, so basically it's the Northwest Ohio. We do have quite a few um, just really north of Columbus all the way up there, but we have we we find pork all over the state of Ohio. The Southeast is probably the less popular area to raise pigs. Uh, you tend to find more of those niche markets down in that area. Um, but we we are really blessed with a diverse uh, industry. We have your smallest producers all the way to um, some very large growers, but they're farm families. And that's what everyone, everybody understand that even though they seem like they're big because we've got five in the top 50 producers of the United States, they're still family owned and family led and they're doing a great job raising pork. I, I just, I heard you say earlier that you had a background family wise in beef. How did you wind up in pork? 
That's a great question. So I've always been in agriculture all my life. I'm the bottom of five kids. My parents owned a grain elevator, elevator feed mill. So I say I'm an elevator brat. So I was raised in this uh, program where I understood grain buying, grain raising, and still had a farm. My parents in, encouraged us to raise any kind of livestock that you wanted to. And I had hogs and I had a cattle. I never really dove as deep in it as my sisters did with the sheep. I didn't quite understand it, but I really enjoyed my Angus cattle. And so I was empowered. I had to pay my own bills. I laugh. I said I always had to pay my fee bill before other, other customers had to. And so I've always was raised that if you're going to have the livestock, you do all the work and you have all the money and you have to pay all those bills. And so that that went into my career. I had it as a sideline. And um, so just kind of fell in love with the Angus cattle along with the hogs. Uh, my children are now taking on that responsibility. My daughter has that love and my son's a love on the grain farm. So where I transitioned was I understood the pork industry raised and in some of our biggest customers were uh, pork producers there in the feed mill. But when I came out of college, I did work some time with ADM and then I transitioned into an association management role for ag. And then I went to be the editor of National Hog Farmer. And so my time spent with the Farm Progress publications from Feedstuffs to National Hog Farmer, I fell in love with the hog industry. And frankly, I fell in love with Ohio. Uh, we had a lot of Ohio leaders on that national level. I came to their pork Congress. I chose it over Missouri, spent several years covering the event and really got to know the producers. That was something I always loved to do. Producer first on my farm. So I'd sit down at the producer table and figure out what they're doing, tell their stories. And that's how I built the bond that I have now with my uh, farmers. And so I've always been an advocate and I prefer to do the doing over the writing. And so was really grateful to have the opportunity to come to Ohio. And you know, Cheryl, it's just been great to build our friendship and our partnership in, in, your, in your capacity as executive director and in my capacity as director of ag. The other thing I wanna mention is that we are now, be, it's the beginning of farmer's markets. And farmer's markets have really evolved. I mean, no longer is it a fruit and vegetable stand. I mean, they're showcasing pork, they're showcasing beef. And folks in Ohio, care where their where their produce and where their meat comes from and it just really is fun to watch people having one-on-one -on -one conversations with the pork producer at the farmers market to talk about what a cut of beef what a cut of pork would be and how they could best use it so you know they i th i think because of covid or maybe in spite of it farmers markets have taken a whole new look um, and showcasing more and more meat uh, the new North Market in Dublin is fantastic, and um, it has several food stands that feature pork and other meat products, and I encourage everybody to go check that out. It's, it's just an amazing place to showcase a lot of Ohio's produce and food. Completely agree. We have quite a few of them there in that niche market. Um, some of them yeah. serve on our board, and um, they, they do a wonderful job of really reaching out to the consumer educating them on how to cook pork and showing them the different cuts. I think uh, one definitely features a more thicker pork chop, and that's going to be a better experience when we talk about, that's when you get into marbling, when you talk about the pork chop. I mean, if you can have a more expensive cut of pork, that that um, really thick porterhouse pork is, a, is really kind of a fine dining type of cut. And so those kind of things you're going to find in a farmer's market. 
And I think that that's a great opportunity to explore your flavors. And that's one thing, like I said, that I love about Ohio's diversity is that we get to experience the different sizes of farms and what they're going to do with the product. And I've watched those larger producers support those niche markets, uh, like the ones you mentioned. They really stand behind them. And and when they promote something on social media, they're like cheering them on. And that is wonderful to see. It's wonderful. All right. I'm officially hungry. I don't know about everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that's about the time that we have for today. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us. And thank you, as always, Director. Thank Thank you. Well, Brian, they almost didn't need us as host this week. I think we've been fired and we don't know it yet. I know. I know. <laughs> this is, you know, I love having director on because I, most people just, you know, they don't know her like we know her, but she is, you know, she can just take on anything and uh, yeah, she should actually just be doing this podcast. So <laughs> next time one of us is off, director Palanda will be on as our sub. And I hope you read the fine print in the uh, you know podcast title because we're going to put a disclaimer in that it will make you hungry. So I'm sure everyone's just itching to go open up the fridge right now and see what they can find. Seriously, I know. I am. That's for sure. All right. So next week, uh, well, coming up over the weekend is the Kentucky Derby. Are you are you heading to a party? Are you doing something? You know what? Where's I'm your hat? Like- Do you have a hat? I don't have a hat. And then, you know, I know they call it like the fastest or most exciting two minutes in sports. I'm always like get turned around for like a minute of it. I'm like, wait, what? No. And, you know, but it's it's a it's fun to watch. It's exciting. Yes, it is. It is. And uh, we are actually going to tie it into next week or into our next podcast, uh, because I'm not sure that a a lot of people know, but uh, one of our labs on campus uh, does all the horse uh, horse testing for um, for the uh, horse racing industry here in Ohio. Yeah, make sure to uh, tune in and and. I learned plenty in, in getting to learn more about the horse racing industry and in that lab and, and what's done. It's it's very ex- extensive. Have a great week, everyone. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.